2: KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 a.m., 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.
3: I'm Tom Busby, CNBC. U.S. carriers have canceled at least 4,000 flights because of Hurricane Irma, still clobbering the Caribbean and expected to slam into Florida this weekend. And although tickets on flights out of Florida may be tough to come by, some airlines, including JetBlue, have capped their prices on those late flights. The threat of Irma also impacting Wall Street today, sending shares of insurance companies, cruise operators, and those very same airlines lower again. At the close, the Dow down 22. The Nasdaq, though, up by 4. Equifax, the credit reporting agency, has been hacked with cyber thieves getting hold of social security numbers, birthdays, credit card info, and other data on 143 million Americans. Jobless claims last week up by 62,000, mostly because of Hurricane Harvey in Texas. And the cities are lining up, pitching Amazon, which wants to build what it calls a second headquarters outside Seattle, where it'll create 50,000 new jobs. Tom Busby, CNBC. Howdy folks, Colonel Sanders
4: from KFC here with some real news. My delicious world-famous Original Recipe Fried Chicken is available at a KFC near you. It has been and will be until the end of time. No matter what's happening in the world, you can trust that my Original Recipe Chicken is always made with 11 herbs and spices. Many unnamed sources agree, it's delicious. Get it in a KFC $10 chicken share and enjoy it with a friend. KFC, it's still finger licking good. Limited time offer participating KFC's. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions extra.
2: When you're hiring, you want qualified candidates, fast, and it can be hard to know where to find them. More than three million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Whether you need entry level or highly skilled employees, Indeed helps you find great talent and make the right hire. Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to give their first job post premium visibility as a sponsored job. Redeem this offer at indeed.com promo. That's indeed.com promo. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply.
4: date on Hurricane Irma. I'm Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. Hurricane Irma is charging through the Caribbean as it makes its way towards Florida. The National Hurricane Center says the extremely dangerous Category 5 storm is currently between Hispaniola and the Turks and Caicos. It's forecast to hit Florida early Sunday. The latest forecast shows Irma's track has shifted west, meaning it could make landfall near Miami. Irma has already devastated parts of the Caribbean, leaving at least nine people dead. Florida Governor Rick Scott says storm impacts might be felt as early as tomorrow in the Florida Keys.
3: Right now there are mandatory evacuation orders in the For the Florida Keys, this means all residents and visitors
4: leave the keys. In Puerto Rico, over a million people are without power because of the storm. Some Caribbean islands that were hit hardest by Irma this week could feel the effects of another major hurricane. Jose has been upgraded to a Category 3 storm, meaning it's packing winds of 120 miles per hour. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio.
2: A superior nutritional supplement called Arbor Vitae has taken Australia by storm, and it's now available in the U.S. Arbor Vitae contains a unique combination of maritime pine bark, aloe vera, honey, and an enzyme from papaya seeds. This potent supplement was developed to impact inflammation in the human body. Arbor Vitae helps blood circulation and respiratory function. Its anti-inflammatory properties can also relieve minor muscle and joint pain. To order, log on to arborvitae.us.com or phone 1-800-570-0433 and enter code KCAA at checkout to receive a 10% discount. Arbor Vitae is Mother Nature's helping hand. Order this unique supplement now. Call 1-800-570-0433 and mention that you heard it on KCAA to get a 10% discount. When I say Italy, what comes to mind? Venice. Capri. Oh my gosh, Capri was marvelous.
1: The views, the cliffside views, Or traveling to Sorrento. Perillo Tours. Oh, Perillo Tours, for sure. Perillo.
2: Hi, I'm Steve Perillo of Perillo Tours. With over 70 years of tour experience to Italy, it's no wonder Perillo Tours is synonymous with travel to Italy.
5: I think of the culture. And to walk up to certain areas and touch a wall and think, well, this wall's like 3,000 years old.
2: Being on a Perillo tour on our anniversary was better than anything I can remember ever on an anniversary. I personally approve every itinerary to ensure a stress-free once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Salute! Salute! Call now for your free insider's guide to Perillo's Italy. Call in the next 30 minutes and qualify for a $100 gift card when you travel with us. Call 800-561-3095. 800-561-3095. 800-561-3095. You're listening to KCAA, your good neighbor along the way. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer.
6: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Flip-Flop Investor Show. Uh, my name is Todd Bayer. I am the flip-flop investor himself. Uh, every week we get together here and we talk about real estate investing locally in the Illinois Empire as well as anywhere. Every week we like to bring on a local expert, or sometimes we bring on new people to talk about real estate investing and their adventures in it so far. Uh, but today we get to have an expert, someone who's been in the industry now for, what is it, about 12 years?
5: 12, 13 years, yeah. 13,
6: yeah, so uh, very special guest. Very, We're very glad to have Aaron Norris here. How you doing, Aaron? Good, thank you. Um, <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, it was uh, quite a little adventure getting here today because we had, since we had our last meeting, and we had all this camera equipment,
5: yeah. Off, quite off of the, the setup.
6: You know, other location, we're like, oh, we need to go back and get all this stuff. So yeah, it was um a little delayed, but you know, a little late but worth the wait. Worth the Well great. Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron, uh for those for those people out there that don't know who you are and what you do, uh, why don't you give us a brief little background on who you are and what sure.
5: you do? Um, I'm Aaron Norris, I'm Vice President of the Norris Group. Um, we do hard money lending in for 20 years, actually this is our 20th year. Wow. Um, I came on 12 years ago um, after moving back from New York City and getting a job in LA and I was going to go back to Wall Street and by chance dad asked me to come work for the Norris Group using my chart skills where yeah. I think he's best known for market timing predictions and I came on board to help him with California Crash. Which was a four hundred page <laughs> glorious book, full color, over eight hundred charts on why he thought it was gonna have a California was gonna have a real estate meltdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when I started and it's been a blast ever since.
6: So that book, the the California crash, you know, I mean I was that, I think I think that put you guys really on the map because that's when I really started seeing your dad yeah showing up speaking and that's when like all of a sudden like who is the Norris group? They like you guys showed up on the map and I'm like, Who are these guys? And I like an eight hundred page, you know, an eight hundred chart thing is impressive. Just you know, being like the economic nerd in me, I guess, likes
5: the. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know. It goes with your roots, your mom, right? Right. So exactly. You, you spoke that language, yeah. In '97, he wrote the California Comeback, and it was he. My dad got stuck in Palm Springs doing a new construction project. If you've ever heard him talk, it's one of his favorite stories. But it was, it was. A really, a pivotal point in his career. Talking about how he got stuck, run the full page ad in the Palm Springs paper, paper and not one single phone call on these eight properties. <laughs> and he really had to solve that issue on his own. And he's like, "Why did nobody predict predict this? See it coming?" So it was, you know, I don't think people really appreciate back when he started doing this research. It was him with Microfish. He bought one of those Microfish <laughs> machines. They were in our garage, just huge box with these tiny little, yeah. you know, and looking the through little data, blue slides. looking through. He looked through all the papers trying to find out if anybody had predicted the outcome. So, 97 was his first one, but he wasn't on the map. People were like, Yeah. He got his shot. um, the, um, The Real Estate Research Council got a hold of it and sort of gave him a little bit of a platform Um, And they were shocked when it came true. So by the time California Crash came along, he had already sort of had a little bit of a reputation. Right. But this was a little bit scandalous because he was projecting, I think the advertisement that we put together was foreclosures were going to increase by (laughs) 3,000%. There's a great video of him on KCAL. And they're just like... This is crazy. And, you know, dad's like, yeah, I don't want to scare people, but this is what I think is going to happen. So, yeah, California crash definitely put him on the map. He's made and saved people. I think that's the two opposite. He's been, he's predicted both sides, both sides being very unpopular, by the way. It's right. really hard to tell a builder. We can go into that. He almost got laughed off stage at, at the Nixon Library. That's why we're there during I Survive Real Estate. Oh, He has got laughed off the stage at the Builders Association back when we spoke. It was pretty rough. That was back in like 2005, 2006? Yeah, it was the bear versus the bull. His first, he was up against John Husing. Um, You know, and being the son, we're in the front row and these, the builders were rough, they were rude, basically laughing him off the stage because she told them if I were you, I would sell absolutely everything and get out of Dodge, sell every project, every house, every land project and buy it back for half in a few years. Yeah, And they thought he was crazy because they were making money hands over fist. So he was invited in 06, and at that time, they brought out Margaret Whelan. Um, at the time, she was the chief builder analyst for UBS out mm-hmm. from New York. And she called him a squirrel chasing a nut. I mean, she was just as rude, but the builders were starting to get uncomfortable at that point right sure enough everything happened you know roughly the way he said it would and whatever we only just gotten back invited back to the builders association last year for the first time since 06. so now they're curious again like, <laughs> yeah should they actually, should they actually like, continue these projects good. <laughs> or bad. yeah so yeah it's been a fun ride um so going back to
6: like 2000 Five. Well, so the the Real Estate Research Council, which is at Cal Poly Pomona, that yep. was a group that my mom was a part of. Okay. Uh, she was a part of that when your dad came on because oh, she was she was that. one of their appraisers that did one of the – she would appraise homes in Moreno Valley every single year. Oh, yeah. They have great –
5: they have really, really great data. If you're not familiar with Cal Poly Pono's Real Estate Research Council, they have a report that they do in Southern California mm-hmm. and Northern California, and they do a few very cool things. They're tracking building permits. They're tracking existing and new uh, construction data for existing in, sorry, new homes, um, employment. Uh, it's a really juicy report. And the yeah. board is made up of some pretty cool people. <clears throat>
6: Definitely. Yeah, I know that when I've gone, uh, I've, I've gone maybe like a dozen times at this point. But, uh, you know, the people that you're sitting at the table with are sometimes some pretty big movers and shakers. Like, I remember I was sitting with a vice president of Bank of America. Yeah. You know, at, at one particular point. This was before the crash. Okay. Uh, and I remember your dad spoke. I think it was in, like, 06, like maybe September ish or something like that, where we're getting, you know, much, much closer to the to that pivotal point when IndyMac, you know, went under a new century and all that. Right. Uh but not heard uh,
5: those names in a while. Oh man. Yeah,
6: I know. <laughs> but they uh we're at that point, and I, I remember your dad talking, he was saying, like, get out. And I had just bought my first flip. And I'm like, no, not yet, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, like, but, I mean, but my mom was saying the same thing since, like, 04 She was saying, this market is, there's no way we can sustain these values. There's no way that values can continue going up like this yeah. and sustain this. It's, it, we're, we're heading towards a crash. Like, she says, I don't know what's going to happen, but she's like, there's probably going to be that crazy period where everything's just going to go crazy. And then' it's, then we're probably gonna have a crash and a recession. And so she didn't expect it to be a national thing. She expected it to be more localized at first but you know it, uh, it yep. yeah the whole country was drinking the kool aid so uh, it, yeah it was, and it was hard deal. not
5: to. I mean you've got these loan programs you where you you breathe and you got this loan that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. you know you cut lawns and you're a, Landscaping engineer and five hundred thousand dollar loan, no problem. Actually, it was funny when I first started working for um, the Norris Group. We were on an office on Van Buren, and I'll never forget. They were building those McMansions up there, right? And I decided at one lunch break to go up there and tour one of the five thousand square foot homes of New Builder. And the realtor actually gave me a rough time because I was just like, "Oh, you know, I'm looking to buy at the time. I wasn't a homeowner yet. My dad told me not to buy, which was." She saved me personally right yeah, out of the gate probably a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> um, but she gave me a hard time because I sort of scoffed on the nothing down, whatever loan program they were pushing, she was probably getting a kickback if she could get people into that program. But I'm like, why would I sign up for that? She's like, everyone's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was sort of that. <laughs> it was a, just a crazy time. And then the appraisers, how could you honestly appraise things? You had comps. Yeah. So if you're basing your appraisals on comps, there was really... Their hands were tied. There's nothing that they really could do to stop it.
6: It was tough, you know. Yeah, I remember, and and and. I remember at that time because I was helping run my mom's appraisal office. We were frequently getting calls from brokers, just calling around to every single uh, appraiser asking for what they called a value check. Mm-hmm. They want us to basically run comps and tell them what our value would come in at before they'd even give us the assignment. Mm. You know, and because they wanted the high number, they wanted the highest number they could right. possibly get because they're trying to push through a six hundred thousand dollar loan mm-hmm. on a twelve hundred square foot house <laughs> in, in Moreno Valley. And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> so they would end up. You know, hiring very inexperienced appraisers that just needed the work so badly, you oh, know, man. and those those appraisers, unfortunately, had some pretty rough times with litigation later on because, you know, yeah. their appraisals got called into question on some of those loans, so... Um, um, and my mom kind of made a shift into litigation, where she was the expert witness. Smart, you know, because she had all the data. She's always kept all the data yes, for all the sales, you know. <laughs> so she's uh, and the research council stuff data is also great. She's always used all that stuff too.
5: The magic in that data too is it's very long term. Mm-hmm. Um, a good case in that is Dad actually called. I think it was somebody at Core Logic that was asking about the interest rates. They had published some report and. He asked Leslie Appleton Young at that Real Estate Research Council, like, well, there was a comment made, like, this is the lowest interest rate or whatever. And Dad's like, how do we know that? And she's like, got the data from CoreLogic, go back to CoreLogic. They're like, oh, well, we only have data back to so-and-so. So So that's when him and Sean O'Toole went back to Washington, D.C., Library of Congress. Nerd alert. Yeah. And, you know, looked all the way back to, I think it was the late 1800s. And we can honestly say these interest rates are nothing we've ever seen in a lifetime. Right. In so, the United States. In the United States. <laughs> right, right, right. So. Interesting.
6: Yeah, so it's, uh, so before the crash, you guys were, were you just just lending, right?
5: No, no, no. Dad was still, um, we were doing the education piece. My brother came on and they were building out Rosamond. So no, they were, Dad was still flipping. They uh, were moving into manufactured homes, uh, new construction. Mm -hmm. So you know, Dad uses his market timing information to dictate what we do as a company. Sure. So we've always had sort of both the investment piece and the lending piece and I think, that also is really important because you've mm-hmm. got your finger on the pulse of what's going on. So um, when I came on, the lending had definitely slowed down a little bit because we were warning people. So obviously, yeah, that's gonna, yeah. not going to be super aggressive on the lending side. <laughs> right. Yeah.
6: So then, uh, I guess I guess one one question I should ask is: Did you guys carry anything through the crash?
5: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we got stuck with some stuff. Um, matter of fact, we're building on some lots that we took back in 06, so it's just the oh, name right. of the game. Yeah, and they're going like to you did
6: or lots you did loans on, or were those lots just... we did
5: loans on that we hadn't end up taking back. Mm. Um, yeah, we're going to end up constructing new houses, and you know, you make the best of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It happens, you know, even in in good times. But yeah, you just. Work them, work, work em.
6: Yeah, work, yeah, work through and do what you can. We kept, we had one rental through the through the crash. Actually, Stephen, my partner, you know, Stephen, uh, mm-hmm. him and my mom did a, a flip okay. together uh, in Paris, in the city of Paris, and they, it, it was in escrow, ready to close, and oh, New Century worst. was the, lender. Oh. <laughs> like, it was like the worst possible lender on that on that particular loan,
5: but and it was scary because once it started going down, it was like every month it was like boom, boom. Yeah. it was hard to chase it.
6: Yeah, so. Like, once it started crashing, I mean, I would I would say it was probably out here around April, May, around that time of 2007. Yeah. Is when we started seeing the hits coming. And I remember we all went to an auction. You guys were there. At the Hyatt right over here in Riverside, mm-hmm. uh, with a, it was a Hudson and Marshall auction, and they were auctioning off like 500 REOs or something like that, some crazy number, which wasn't even that crazy. But you know, I, I remember I did my homework on all those 500. I had I had opening bids on all of them, and I go and I'm not seeing anybody bidding. People I expected to be bidding weren't bidding on anything, and I'm mm-hmm. like, am I the idiot in the room? Like, <laughs> why am I bidding on properties right now to buy? Yeah, you know, even you guys weren't bidding on a lot. I kind of expected you guys to be bidding on a ton of stuff.
5: Well, you know, I have to hand it to my brother. My brother, Greg, is just, he's so good at so many things. Operationally, he's a data nerd as well, like my dad. And he's just, he's been in the building industry. He just knows his costs. I mean, he's so good at that. So um, they weren't super aggressive, especially out of the get-go. And you also had to assume you were building in losses every month. Not losses, but you knew prices were going to come down. So the fact that he was able to fix and flip during... 2007 to 2010 like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that's not easy to do
6: yeah and we were only doing buy and hold right because i didn't want to have to account for the potential downside i just wanted cash flow to make sense right so rents didn't go down rents went up so because that happened i was able to say okay well if rents are at this level i can buy it at this price knowing that i will have cash flow
5: i you know and in hindsight you always wish like you held on to more i mean he ended up holding on to a few and we launched our long term at the time it was in 2009 we launched an 8 point sorry a 9.9% 8 year program i remember that at the time there was a few things that were very controversial about that number one we were below 10% which i was like what hard money below 10% yeah. and then the term 8 year people thought we were crazy mm-hmm. but when looking back in 09 banks would not look at any investor yeah. they had been totally burned by an investors versus, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a lot of investors in California who just walked away from everything. So there was no lending. And that was hard, raising that money, getting that trust. But man, it's changed lives in the investor space. Because we had, I think some of the craziest things that I saw were Lancaster properties that once upon a time sold for like 250 to 300,000. Investors were buying them for like 30 to 50 grand. And we're talking about three bedroom, two bathroom, stuff that were new. yeah, New or not that old. And what that was able to accomplish it's been this is my first full cycle watching people go from just starting getting investing Mm -hmm. and being done i have people i think one of my favorites somebody just retiring for the next year um just like i'm done i'm out of the rat race my brother did the same thing he's going back to school to be an attorney he's never had the opportunity to say what do i want in life so he's taking a break Wants to go back to be an attorney. Oh man! <laughs> so it's just been very rewarding. But I wouldn't that call that journey, a break in life. <laughs> no, it's a whole new chapter. It's a whole new book. It's really exciting, but it's it's been neat. I wish I would have hold on, bought more rentals. Sure. Um,
6: I know. Like, yeah, go back to like 2009. Like, why do not I just buy everything that was on the market? It didn't even matter. You could have just. I was know?
5: scared. You know, I'm g- going from moving in New York City in 04, being an actor, you know, to dipping my toe in the real estate space. I yeah. mean, I grew up around it. You know, sure. I'm sure you did too. You grew up in the real estate space, but mm-hmm. you're just like, man, real estate, real estate. You know? Yeah. What but, did you go to school for?
6: I went to school originally to be a child psychologist. Okay. So, and then I, but then I hated it. I didn't, I I hated the idea of listening every single day to the horrible things people do to kids. Yeah, that's hard. So like, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. Like, I, I like, I like, I like helping people, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I like it that much. But the psychology
5: (laughs) background in this business, I mean, that totally comes into play. Yeah, it's very important, especially when it comes into
6: marketing and other things like that. Totally. But then I switched to business. Mm -hmm. I started going to school for business and then I realized I'm going to school for business, but... This is all learning how to run other people's businesses that are already started. I'm not learning how to start my own, which is right. really what I wanted to do. I was already an entrepreneur. <laughs> I already had my own businesses, but, you know, I, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't need to know how to run. I just need to how to start it and keep it running. I, I mean, I guess, you know, that's... delegate was,
5: and get pieces. That's right. a different mindset, it's, yeah.
6: It's, you know, call it ignorance and arrogance on fire or something. I figured <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the exception. I get to be the Bill Gates and I'm going to be the successful one, you know. I don't know, but... It's, it's a
5: switch, especially, yeah. I've I've had that same journey and in getting into that space where parents are retiring and mm-hmm. we're all over the place, aren't we? Oh, we're yeah.
6: Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm trying to keep
5: us pre-crash, but let's
6: move post-crash.
5: <laughs> I'll try to be good. I know. Stay I know. I know. <laughs> I know, Aaron. Jesus.
6: No. Uh, post-crash. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about the I Survived seminar. Okay. Because, or not seminar. It's a, it's a dinner. It's a, it's a party. It's fun, you know? Oh, the gala, yeah. Yeah, the gala. Uh, so after... Uh, in two thousand eight, uh, there were, like pretty much, <laughs> we had a pretty significant crash. Two thousand eight, yeah. we were still going down. But you guys started doing a, a gala, which was, it was called "I Survived Real Estate," and you know it was uh it was kind of a funny concept. I'm like I'm like wow, I guess we did kind of survive because we were still in the space. But there were so many people that left real estate entirely, it, you know,
5: an entire wave of people. And what was interesting is that we were trying to figure out a way to. There's a, the genesis of the event is interesting. So we were thinking about a way to celebrate and to like say thank you to our clients like by annual meeting. Sure. And we're like, oh, you can you know go to Candlelight Pavilion out in I think it's Claremont or Upland, and we'll rent the space and you know do this thing. But oh, um, we've got. Um, You know, what if they bring their significance others and then we won't have enough space. And so we're just trying (laughs) to think of interesting things to do. Well, we had started the radio show that same year. And what was interesting is that we were talking to some of these people and the conversations were really good. But at the end, some of the best conversation was after the interview, Mm -hmm. the juiciest stuff. And it was all like, man, I wish this person would be able to hear this piece of this conversation. Yeah. So, okay, what if we created a panel of people that we're able to have that conversation from different segments of the population. So specifically, we would interview Leslie Appleton Young from the Mm -hmm. California Association of Realtors and and Tommy Williams with the, the National Auctioneers Association. All these little pieces that were having their own little mini conversation and in all the expos you would never then see them on a the stage together. Right. As as real estate investors, we were never invited necessarily to that table. So we just tried to, to create our own space.
6: Yeah. It seems like everybody that would come to those things was selling some kind of a program and the people right. they would have as panelists were, you know, experts, but they were also selling their book or whatever the case may be. So
5: well and the event had to be big enough to us to be able to ask some of these big speakers from different segments like the California Association of Realtors and as we build Built. I mean, last year we had Zillow. Like, mm-hmm. it would have never been possible without the reputation and the consistency. Right. I mean, this is our tenth year. We've raised over 750 grand for charity, which was also a very important component. True. At the time we were doing cancer. My mom struggled with cancer for 17 years mm-hmm. before she passed in 2011. So in 08 we were we were raising money for breast cancer. Um, it slowly has transformed into something. We've decided to do kids. Kids. Um, two pieces. We do Make-A-Wish and St. Jude. So the science and the research is still there, but also the feel-good, like giving back to families that with medical issues and the stress, and it's just really cool. Make-A-Wish is a great partner yeah. that allows us and gives us a platform to make it 100% tax deductible. So a lot right. of people don't understand that we've always had, we've paid for the event entirely. So 100% actually does go to charity, mm-hmm. And that also plays a role in getting these speakers. Like we've never had to pay for a speaker, and right. some of these speakers, if you did have to pay them, <laughs> are minimum five figures. You know, running yeah, a club, I know. I'm sure you run into people who are like, yeah, that's going to cost you ten grand. You're like, oh,
6: okay. Yeah, it's tough, especially if you want to bill the person. You know, if you want to like if you want to put them on the bill, like you know, we're going to have Leslie Appleton Young. If you want to put her name on it and like you know, sell it based upon her reputation, then yeah, you know, it's it, they yeah, they want the money for it. So and rightfully so, they've earned their position where they are. So it's not like it's not entirely wrong, but it's just... It's expensive. And if it you're is. trying to do a nonprofit thing, like our club, you know, our club, we're not trying to make money doing the club, you know. So having people... Comes free, like we you know we don't pay the speaker to come talk. I know you spoke at it. Yeah, you know, it's I, just I think we gave you valet. I think we uh, we bribed you with you a little did. valet. You parking. gave you a
5: valet voucher <laughs> at the Mission Inn, which was lovely. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the final piece of it was just that sense that we did survive. Yeah. Um, so the people that were in the room in 08, we had been through some stuff together. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a celebration. And I think what's been interesting over the year is the relationship in our industry with sec- different segments. So I think last year was by far the most diverse. We had the Builders Association, escrows, um, were supported consistently every year by different Association of realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, the mix is just bizarre, and it's just the highlight of my year. It's really, really cool.
6: Yeah, it's a lot of stress, I know, putting it together, because it's, oh. it's a big event, you know? I know, like... <laughs> all the moving parts and stuff and like, you know, people don't realize that you have to like decide, okay, do we need three bartenders or four bartenders? Like how many people do we really need? You know, how many tables do we luckily, need? Where are they all yeah, going?
5: Luckily we've had that same, and I don't know why they've been so good to us, um, but we've had the same team. And honestly, between the, the, um, the vendor that handles the food and the catering, I don't have to worry that about that anymore. They know exactly what we need. It's the same team. I hug them once a year. I'm like, you guys are rad. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And same with the AV. They've been dealing with that oh, event good. since the very beginning. So that's on automatic pilot to where I can focus on media, speakers, and over 400 people who attend live and then the live stream because that is enough I think people think the Norris group is a lot larger than we actually are Right?
6: (laughs) yeah yeah, you guys your your office what do you have about like 10 people about 10 people full time
5: and we've had the same most of the same team in place for 20 years
6: yeah yeah it's uh so at the event uh I know like we went, so I was at the first one because you guys, you guys are yeah, right. giving away seats because you know.
5: The first one, yeah, it, people were just like, what is this? And it was on, you learned a lot of very painful lessons that very first year we had an auction and we had everything from a, a basketball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Yeah, the silent auction. And people didn't know what it was. They're like, breast cancer, real estate. Like, there was no connection. And we learned that there was too many messages, especially yeah. with it being too new. And and it took a while. It took probably three years to find our stride and to get the messaging across. And they're like, okay, finally. But it, it took some time.
6: Yeah, but now we, we call it like, it's an, it's an event that people absolutely have to go to. Because the conversation among the panelists is it's you don't get that anywhere else and there's there's no there's no forum for them to really have a conversation amongst each other. You know, where you get like uh, Sean O'Toole from Property Radar talking with Leslie Appleton Young and the Boat Association and Zillow. Like Zillow is uh, a big deal. A lot of people are kind of looking at Zillow right now because of the moves they're making.
5: offers. Yeah. And Doug Duncan from Fannie Mae. Oh, yeah. He's ended up being such a good friend. And there's been two speakers. One of them was him and one of, the, one, one of them was the Mortgage Bankers Association mm. pulled me aside when they were deciding to do it. And they've sort of had to step aside because I I don't think people realize this, the people who step into those volunteer positions at the, at the national boards, like the Mortgage Bankers Association, mm-hmm. the National Association of Realtors, um, Pat Holmes told me the year that she was uh, chair, I think she was in 08 or 09. She spoke 300 times wow. during that year. It's like your full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> so when somebody comes up to me and is like, just so you know, this is one of the highlights of my year and I absolutely love doing this event. It's so rewarding and so cool to hear that from Doug Duncan and then one of these other chairs. You're yeah. just like, that's cool. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I think it's nice too because it's a black tie event, so everybody yeah. puts on their tuxes, and it's not something. I mean, real estate investors were not the most uh, refined group of people, but uh, it's kind of nice to have like a, an event like that. You know, I put on a tux, and you know, we go to it and stuff. So it, yeah, it's pretty fun. You know, everybody gets their nice gowns, and plus, a lot of people don't meet the spouses of a lot of people that are involved. Like you know, you might know somebody, but you don't meet their spouse, so you get to meet. <laughs>
5: Sometimes you only get the spouse to come one year, especially if they're not into that in real estate because they're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. so boring. I know. Um, it's like nerds only. But the other nice thing is that we get the pictures from people because you're right. People don't dress up. I've had wives just be like, thank you so much. Yeah. My husband never dresses up Yeah, <laughs> but one time a year. We get really nice pictures, and I have people use it for their profile picture. So, yeah, the pictures alone for as a company yeah. you really get some some. Some usage, which is really fun.
6: Yeah, plus the Nixon Library. It's a it's a cool place. Say what you want about Richard Nixon, but I know. Yeah.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
6: Yeah, but the office, the, the, like they have, an, they have a replica of the Oval Office inside of the of the yes, library. Yes, the, the,
5: cool. the renovation that they did last year. Now there's an Oval Office, and this year that's where we're going to take the pictures. Usually it's been in yeah. the picture hallway. This year we're moving it. We're paying a little extra to the space, so um, I'm really excited because the space is a replica of the Oval Office. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you've never been to the Nixon Library, there's an East Room rec- a replica as well. That's where we have the actual event. Yeah. And that's pretty spectacular too especially veterans that are in the space for the first time sure. they walk in it's just really cool to get their yeah, reaction
6: with all the Vietnam war stuff that have yeah, yeah
5: it's it's pretty spectacular and just we've thought about moving it so we can expand but we've just decided you know what when it sells out let's let it sell out Yeah and then allow it to be that space because it's so special. Yeah. It feels
6: special. It's yeah, it's a good spot. It feels it feels cool being in there, you know, with all the
5: Cuz let's be the honest, that pieces. space is not convenient to anyone. No.
6: Yeah, <laughs> on like, a Friday night, well it's tough too cuz afterwards, we were talking about this last night actually cuz we were think, like we were all talking like what are we doing afterwards. Because I know a lot of people go back to the hotel. The hotel. That's where everybody in, stays. Is that in Irvine? Where it's at that?
5: the Westin in Irvine. Uh, Costa Mesa Costa by Mesa. the plaza. Uh, because not only do our speakers stay there, we're close to the airport. Um, but we also have um, we have like 40 or 50 people flying in from out of state. And mm-hmm. a lot of them stay there. We're actually, we just upped our block um, because so many okay. people are staying there. So it's just like an after party.
6: Yeah. So yeah, we, I know we've gone to that. The last few years uh, to the little after party thing, it's fun. So I guess anybody that's interested, well, it's sold out now. So (laughs) yeah, and the only
5: (laughs) the only way to get tickets is contacting people like you who might have tables that you've committed to. I think we're sold out. Are you? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we've got a lot of people who waited to the last minute, and we sold out really quick this year. So it just we feel very blessed. We don't take it for granted. Yeah, and it's hard because you're putting it out for free. We're live streaming. Housing Wire has come on this year saying that they are going to live stream it on their Facebook channel, which is cool. And we're constantly testing things with some of these bigger brands which is yeah. really quite an honor as well. And then we put it out on YouTube and the radio show after so the fact that people still mm-hmm. want to show up and be part of it and donate to charity is, is pretty cool.
6: Yeah. How, uh, so it's it's on September 22nd. September 22nd, uh, Friday night. And how do, how do the people watch the live stream on that?
5: Um, this year you'll probably be able to go, we'll post all the information on isurviverealestate.com. <laughs> We've had a lot of uh, things you don't think about as a marketer. right? Uh, Up until, I don't think we can say that we've ever had the same streaming service one time. We've tried all these different services along Mm -hmm. the way. Facebook worked last year, so I guess this is the first time we'll we'll be doing a Facebook-only stream. Um, We've been shut down by Google live stream. Uh, You can't have music on. If you have music on in the background and you don't think about it and mute that from your your pickup, YouTube blocks you and you immediately get blocked from all your Google.
6: Oh, because you're just trying to, you know.
5: Well, they're like, this is copyrighted information. And then you're, wow. people don't see the behind the scenes, but you're like, oh, you've got, you know, hundreds of people watching online and you've just ruined the experience and they're all upset. I'm, like, yeah. I'm
6: sorry. <laughs> is that what happened last year?
5: Um, no, it did not. We know that that's an issue now. And we specifically, the soundboard makes sure not to pipe in that music. Okay. So <laughs> it's just uh, you know, rough lessons learned. Uh, all the way to emails. You, as a sponsor, get that long email from me, right. but it's been an email that's been 10 years in the making. Oh, I know. Knowing everything. Got to make sure your people come dressed up. Don't come in shorts. You're gonna get embarrassed and then they're gonna be mad at you <laughs> Yeah,
6: exactly. Yeah, that's a good email to send out to all the people that you're gonna have so you come sit at your table to.
5: Well, we really rely on you guys too as the sponsors that uh, you put together the tables because it'd be really difficult for us to handle yeah. four hundred people live and all the changes that come with that very true. It's very cool
6: so it's a great event. If you can, check out the live stream or check yeah. it out later on, on on YouTube or on the, uh, is it the North Group website. Yeah. Or the, uh, I have...
5: I, we'll play this year to see if we can find out. Our industry is just not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> maybe as Facebook live grows, we can have a little bit more of a conversation sure. there. But it's very political as well. A lot of people are like, why don't you take questions from the audience? People, we have very politically connected individuals on stage, and the last thing you want to do is take live questions from people who've been drinking for the previous three (laughs) hours. Um, It's dangerous. Yeah, Um, things you have to think about. But that's you know. But we we do send out an email beforehand asking for investors. Give us your input. What are you most worried about?
6: And so, uh, one thing we should also probably talk about is the Roni Award, which is an Mm. award. You guys. Created, which sort of honors Jim Rohn yeah. and all the contributions he made, uh, but then it also, it's meant to honor other people that are equally as influential in the in, yeah. in the real estate investment space. So, uh, last couple of years, let's see, I think you had Ward Hannigan one year. Ward
5: Hannigan, Jack Fullerton, and Mick Blackwell. Um, and this year's special for our 10th anniversary, we're bringing out two favorites from Florida, Peter Fortunato, and John Schaub. Yeah. I know John Schaub, and this is weird, you know, John Schaub changed my investor life forever. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if we should go down. Let's focus on the Roni and we can yeah. talk about that if we get to it. But the yeah, the Roni Award, we called Jim Rohn's estate and just say, it, Jim Rohn is one of my dad's favorite mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, got to listen to him speak live at one of our millionaire makers. He was actually one of our speakers. So we had a connection with him and his family. Um, so we're like, we just want to honor him, create this award. It's like a lifetime achievement slash mentor award. And then we just have this whole industry of people who are so giving, mm-hmm. who are not the gurus, right. um, charging fifty thousand dollars for coaching programs. Oh, sure, yeah. But these are like in the trenches, real deal people who have given so much of their time and talent to our industry, and it's just been fun. We uh, we have this big glass award, and it's heavy. I say. Award isn't worth a hill of beans unless you can really hurt somebody with it. Yeah. That's how you know it's a really good <laughs> award. Um and it's just fun. We we can't surprise people anymore. Um the very first one we did, we surprised Jack Fullerton. He didn't know it was coming and oh, that he was did? cool. Yeah. But doing some of the other things that we do, it would just be impossible. I would never be able to get John Schaub. Like I think John Schaub is coming in from Australia and okay. Peter's flying in from Florida Florida, but so we can't be like surprised. <laughs> yeah, be exactly. Like, Why am I attending this again? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so it's, it's gonna become a cool piece of the event.
6: John Schaub is. He a lot of people can attribute attribute their success to him. He wrote "Building Wealth One House at a Time." It was that book book. that
5: changed my my life. Yeah, the combination of my dad and John Schaub have been magical. (laughs) I think a lot of people approach this business in in a very scary way. There's there's so many different ways to do the business. Mm -hmm. It's very dependent on what market you're in. So here in California. I, you know, if we were talking seven years ago, we were talking about a foreclosure crisis, sure. and so the ways to buy properties—trustee sale, foreclosures, short sales—you know, equity sellers.
6: Yeah, what? What equity? You're so like, sellers? my house
5: is still worth six hundred thousand dollars in oh. Rose Valley. You're like, never mind. I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm
6: sorry to tell you, but it's worth one forty now. <laughs> right, and so
5: now it's completely changed. Yeah. So it, it's especially in states like California, that swing. Well, when I started with Dad, like the thought, I thought in my mind, I had built up the scenario, like if I'm going to make it in real estate. I'm going to have to be a flipper and that just really stressed me out mm. cuz I had a full-time job, I was very connected to the community, I worked a lot in nonprofits, sometimes up to 20 hours a week in the nonprofit space as well at night. Sure. So, um, it just seemed overwhelming and then I went to my very first seminar, I saw John Schaub, uh, Miller and Peter Fortunato. Number one, I was completely overwhelmed. Um, but it was something at that seminar he said about the one house a year. Yeah. For the for the next 10 years, pay him off. Retire, yeah, and I was like, "That's it. That's, That's it. all I have to do." <laughs> I listened to that. I didn't. I didn't make any stupid decisions, and it completely changed my net worth of my life.
6: Yeah, I remember at that time because like, I was I was selling off rentals. I remember because you were. You, I think you had gone at that time, and I remember we went and looked at a few of my rentals at that time. Yeah, and you were you were in the market, uh, but we ended up selling them to a hedge fund because it was just, you know. Oh, did you? Is yeah, that what you ended up we doing? sold okay. them to uh, uh, Invitation Homes. We sold them because they're, they were buying and they were paying way too much for them. So I'm like, yeah. take them. I don't, you know, I don't want them anymore because I got tired of dealing with rentals. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, and tenants. It's definitely, I'm learning that too. I decided I wanted to be a property manager and now I'm like wanting to get out of the property manager right. business. I just have a few too many and I don't feel like I'm, I probably is the biggest sucker. Like, I love being a landlord, but I need to probably hand it off to somebody who really knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's tough because you have to be tough. Yeah.
6: You know, you have to be firm. Not, not necessarily tough or mean, but you got to be, you know, like, look, the, the least you agreed to is that you'd pay on the first. It's late by the fifth. And I'm sorry. It's and stick to it. Yeah. Like I understand you have problems, you got fired from your job. Like you have to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but still it's like that's what we agreed to. If you can't afford to live here as your friend, <laughs> I think you should probably move. You know, like that's Yeah. You know, like you can't afford to live if you lost your job, like I'm not gonna cut you a break on your rent. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't expect an employer to cut you a rate on your on your paycheck because like this is my paycheck. I need this paycheck. Yeah. And so it's hard to explain it to him, but yeah. I think one of the best people I learned about, mentality wise, at least in uh, in property management, would be Dave Tilney, right, with his hassle free property management, and it's almost made me think I should get back into it, but I'm like, ah. but it's still yeah. it's still in, it's management intensive. It is. I guess that's what I don't like about it. It
5: is time. And, you know, it's something you really have to be careful of because um, laws change (laughs) um, depending on area and you just have to be really careful. And I definitely don't feel like an expert. I enjoy it. Um, I try to make sure to use all the contract forms and I usually typically use a realtor whenever I'm leasing out. So there's a separation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little bit
6: of a shifting Uh, of liability. Right. (laughs) Liability
5: and all that. I have lots, you know, insurance and all that kind of stuff. But, eh. You know, building them. Um, I was trying to manage it all myself and mm-hmm. do all the accounting. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. A, at some point, when you get a lot going on, it's just it's a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, what a nice position to be in.
6: Yeah, I know exactly to have those problems, right? Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. But uh, it's you know, so okay, we talked about crash. We got to the crash. Then after the crash, uh, like once once you guys started hitting 2008, 2009. Um, you guys were you guys were flipping heavily I know you guys were
5: yeah Greg um, Greg was a beast and we had some money that we needed to put to work so I mean I forget how many the max he flipped in one year it was well over a hundred mm-hmm. um, at any one time you know up to 40 to 60 flips going at the same time yeah. like he was a machine Um and he was just really good at it, and you know, buying at trusty sale. You had to compete against Wall Street, who sure. were spending way too much, mm-hmm. um, and it was a game. Yeah. So, holy cow, I have to hand it to him. But yeah, so we had the flipping side uh, that was all trusty sale based, and then the the loan side. So my job was more on the loan side, raising new money, i mm-hmm. um, developing new programs with the long term program, and then eventually the construction came more into play again. Loans fluctuate too with the market.
6: Yeah, that's true. And so, right now, what what are you guys what are you guys focusing on right now? Like, what's your biggest? You're still focusing on lending, obviously. Yeah, the
5: lending is still really. We re- released Dad's Timing Report, and it caught people by surprise because it was his first really long-term look for the market mm-hmm. and it was a 10 year. This was the longest report he's ever yep. done. Um, and the report was called 2% interest rates, uh, 40 trillion in debt and other surprise endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he predicts uh, recession what he thinks long-term. So, you know, we jump from there and really create the loan program. So, right now it's the buy and hold the 6.9% has still been really popular. Mm-hmm. You know, people are still wanting to buy more rentals. Uh, cash flow is a little bit of an issue. However, some people own free and clear, and they're wanting to refinance to fix up their other properties to maximize sure. rents. Rents are pretty strong. Right. Um, uh, the we have two fix and flip programs, an eight point nine and eleven and a half, and then new construction. Um, infill lots are are a thing. We we build. I think we've had five or six new construction projects going on.
6: Yeah. And they're, it's starting to sort of make sense here in the land Empire for some builders to do infill. Um, you know, some of those people that ended up carrying land, you know, from are the finally last, getting their chance to yeah, get out. They like finally, <laughs> yeah. They're finally getting their chance to like finish projects. And I, I mean, I remember seeing so many home, like housing construction projects where they had streets paved, you know, and, and foundations had been like yeah. graded and everything, but uh, no pads poured yet. And it's like, oh, you know, that project is gone. Like, you it, it, it just saw them sit forever, looking like a neighborhood <sighs> was going to be built there. But some of those are actually coming to fruition now.
5: The, the, the surprise that happens too is that cities have started changing zoning and rules around mm-hmm. construction. So one of the projects that we took back in 06, we took the plans back to the city, and all of a sudden they wanted you know, $100,000 of uh, construction around the project for... We were having to pay for sidewalks and medians and landscaping. Right. You're like, medians? What? Yeah, what does that have to do with um, the house? Yeah, so you... And it changes from city to city. You really have to watch that. <laughs> right. Because like some... Utilities, too, some yeah. cost 30000 just to plug in. Like, you might have utilities brought up to the lot, but they actually plug in, they're like, Yeah, that's gonna be thirty grand." And if you're not expecting that, you're like, What? Yeah, <laughs> that just
6: changed your numbers. Yeah, and I know, like, a lot of people, uh, you might have an area that's predominantly on septic tank systems, mm-hmm. and but there's now a sewer line in the road, and they now expect you to connect to the sewer. Even we're, we're seeing that sometimes with rehabs, where, really, yeah, where they're making you in certain cities, they're making you connect to sewer. So if you if you have to pull a permit, yeah. you know if you're doing like a rehab permit or something like that, they say and you got to connect a sewer. You're like, really? <laughs> well,
5: and, and you have to be careful too on the rental space. Um, uh, it's been really strange. It just uh, uh, different cities are handling the vacation rentals differently. So mm-hmm. I just had a friend buy something in Palm Springs, not fully aware of the rules that have changed in Palm Springs for the vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. So man, if you don't know your stuff, you can get really burned.
6: And it's so tough because like. I don't understand why cities need to get this, get so involved in the short term rental. I mean, I know there's. You know, there's, so, there's some regulation, there's some things that should probably be in place. you got to protect these people in some form. Right. But I mean, there's already short-term rentals that exist as hotels and things like that. And, yeah. you know, it seems they want to write a different set of rules for somebody that owns a home in Coachella, for example, and the big musical festival comes up and you want to have that place rented to somebody that's willing to pay you $4,000 a week. Like, I you know, know.
5: That's hard to turn down. <laughs>
6: it's hard to turn down, but, you know, these some of these regulations are being very limiting and...
5: Um, there has to be a happy medium. And, and like I get it, San Diego, um, as of I think a couple weeks ago, I mean, they're looking to really, they're looking just to get rid of it entirely. Um, and if you do, it has to be your primary residence. So they're wanting to kick out investors altogether. So, and I, I was asking a few people this question who out, uh, work out in Palm Springs. It seemed like once they made that change, it, I have. I'm a nerd whenever I go anywhere, whether it's Toronto or LA, I'm always looking on the realtor.com app app, to see what's listed and for how much. So it just seemed like after that move happened, like a lot of the higher end stuff, it just seemed like a lot more listings were going on. Mm -hmm. So it can definitely, you can have pockets of a softening just because of rule changes like that. But, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, there has to be, um, Hotels have to pay different taxes. It's the same with Uber. Right. Like it is a little bit unfair that they have to pay licensing and there's ADA requirements. They're under a very different set of rules and regs that right. if you're gonna loosen it up for somebody who's got like a side hustle, like there there needs to be a happy medium. It's innovation, getting ahead of regulation. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do?
6: Yeah, and that's kind of how everything sort of everything sort of works. Is that you know everything gets you get the innovators to come in and they're creating you know fancy financing products. For example, let's talk about you know prior to the crash, you know here's these fancy financing products coming in and regulation was not there. They weren't able to stop these adjustable rate teaser rate type loans, right? You know, and the you know the ninja no income no credit type loans. You know, uh, know, yeah, like so now we have Mm -hmm. things like Uber. We have things like, um, you know, Lyft, all the other rideshare stuff that's going on, and Airbnb, FerbO, yeah. different websites now that where people can rent. And this is now in the real estate space again. Um, and but then we also have companies like Zillow. We have companies like Redfin and Trulia yeah. that are also open
5: door. You've got a lot of people trying to upset. Some are a little bit more conspicuous about what they're trying to do, and others sure. just like cut out the middleman. AKA Realtor. Yeah. Uh, Zillow has come out and said, no, that's not our goal. And it's interesting. Instant offers, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically where a consumer goes to Zillow mm-hmm. and says, okay, I want to see what a Realtor thinks they could give me, get me if I listed it the traditional route versus. Right now, it's only 15 um, institutional Wall Street right. being to offer them on all cash because uh, they're looking to lock in the properties and I don't know how long it takes to get back. To my knowledge, no in- institutional investor has bought anything, but um, Zillow also released an article a couple weeks ago that says the if you get over like 21 likes or something, somebody saves it, it's, there's more of a chance that it's going to sell faster. Yeah. So the fact is that Zillow is being able to look at consumer behavior and know If they've got a really hot lead. If I were a realtor, how much more would I pay for that lead? Sure. Or if I was in part of the instant offers, I'm being able to tell a consumer, this is what I think I can get you. Yeah. Are they trying to supplant the realtor or are they really trying to get in the marketing business? They say they're in the marketing business. Sure. We can only take them for their word. For what they say. And, you know, but. Interesting move though there this is not, nobody knows this yet. We're getting a new speaker at, Z- uh, at Zillow, Nick Bailey. Um, m- some of you may have seen the press release. He's probably not going to be on our panel. I'm pretty sure he's not. He left Zillow. He's yeah. the new CEO of Century 21. Oh. Like one of the most established brands you know, in the realtor space. He's sure. the new CEO. I think that's a super interesting move. Somebody who's doing broker relations at Zillow moves through to a traditional brokerage. you right. cool. That's that's sort of
6: cool. It's, yeah, it's cool. And, I think that says a lot. That, yeah, that might that might strengthen Zillow's position that they're not trying to supplant <laughs> exactly. realtors. You know, because why would you want to be a part of a brokerage firm? If you know it's going to be all... <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm not... I don't have a hopeful position for realtors in general. Because being a realtor was very different 30 years ago than it is today. Agreed.
5: And yeah. I talk a lot on this. Um, I'm on on the on tour with technology um, in fall. I get to speak at the California Escrow Association. I'm on one of yeah. their keynote speakers, and we go through everything from fintech to artificial intelligence. And you're right; it's just if you think access to the MLS is what makes you special, oh. you're going to be gone. You should already be gone. Honestly, sure, I know. you're one of the realtors who does probably one listing a year, and then you're <laughs> done. But I think there's realtors that still have a lot of value. But you're going to have to get good at estate planning things and know your like some of my favorite realtors here in Riverside are the ones that are super nerdy and know construction they know what builders built neighborhoods and the uh how well the houses hold up um Things that are changing within the community, like downtown Riverside. We have so much getting built in the next two years. Mm-hmm. It's going to completely change downtown. Yep. I think our downtown core is going to set us apart from every other Inland Empire city. Absolutely. So I live in downtown Riverside, and I wouldn't. I don't think I'm ever going to sell my house because I really yeah. believe in downtown Riverside. But the realtor who really understands all this brings so much to the table. And I don't know how artificial intelligence... Know, Artificial intelligence isn't going to necessarily be going to council meetings or be part of the nonprofit space. Exactly. Or there's other things realtors can do that makes their service invaluable.
6: Yeah, and that's and that's the tricky thing is how does a realtor shift from being, you know, the the just an MLS jockey, the person that just puts a property on the MLS and takes phone calls. I mean, that's you're just a paper pusher, and and you know. Quite honestly, in my opinion, the commission they earn for doing that stuff is really high. It is, you know. But then you have the people that have the experience, and they're, they're like, "Yes, I know that the builder that built these homes was, you know, was X, and here's all the history on this neighborhood. And, you know, the, like here I can give you all these other cool facts and things about the home. Like they actually have value, and they can actually provide quite a bit. Plus, they have a lot of knowledge. They know the right lenders. They have all these other connections they've already, you know, built up over the years." And I don't think those people are going anywhere because you still need somebody to hold your hand through the home buying process. A lot of people that have never oh, bought yeah. a home, they don't. They, they're that's nerve wracking. That's what's I don't interesting. Get it, but I've bought a ton of homes, so
5: it's. <laughs> it's interesting because you you see a lot of these real estate companies wanting to talk about upsetting the cycle, and in order to uproot the process, you have to make it easier. Yeah. And there's so much paperwork involved, and that paperwork. Requires explanation and it's uncomfortable because it's a stack this thick here in California. You're like, uh, how do you automate that? And is is that even appropriate? Right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of people talking about doing that, but talk is cheap, and we have lenders are the same way. Like, do they really deserve as much as they're getting for something that's largely online now? Yeah. The thing with Zillow is Zillow takes a ton of mobile traffic. A lot of people are doing their homework, but all the California Association of Realtor data. Talks, the number one leads is referrals for realtors. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will do their homework online. So you've got a consumer that's a lot more educated coming to you who may be a little bit more demanding on your time and they are expecting text messages and for you to get back to them quickly. But overall, I I don't know. Um, I still think the realtor is needed, especially if they focus on being relevant being a keyword.
6: Yeah. and, And I mean, you can buy everything you want online right now, but you can't buy a house. You know, like it's like the only thing that is like. It's unavailable online.
5: I th- yes. And uh, Amazon, the sorry, the Echo look will be interesting to watch. So this is the the Echo Dot is the little thing, the disk that you yep. can talk to, tell it to do things, Alexa to do things. And they're all getting smarter. Huge pers- push for artificial intelligence mm-hmm. bots, whatnot. Um once that really takes a hold, when you get consumers that don't feel like they need to go to clothes shopping in a physical store to try things on. Right. When you've got like uh, Alexa recommending like, oh, maybe this would look better or, you know, this looks good with your body type. That'll be interesting to see because sure. virtual reality will change the way that we do walkthrough of homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's already a lot of technology that you don't have to go into houses. Sure. So we'll see. But
6: well, especially if somebody's, you know, they live in Ohio now and they're going to move to California, for example, like yeah. you know, booking the flight and all that stuff is going to be expensive. You have to book a hotel, then you know, have a realtor have like all these homes prearranged for you, which you know, in, in the blink of an eye, homes can disappear off the market. So, mm-hmm. you know, but being able to be at home. And, you know, have have a video walkthrough of a property available to you or something like that. you can watch from your home and say, I love this place or I hate it.
5: I do an example in my presentation of a drone through. I yeah. call it a drone through. So you just set up a drone and like whenever you want, the consumer can like fly around. That'd be kind of cool. It's great for thieves. They can know where everything's at when they want to <laughs> rob you, right? Yeah. We have a sorry to give thieves ideas, but I
6: know. Hey, we, you know, they're gonna come up with creative ideas. It's crazy, too. like, there's
5: a master bedroom, there's a trust of drawers. That looks like a perfect place to hide a safe,
6: exactly. Yeah, there's a safe right there. I can Creepy. see it in the closet. <laughs> yeah, hey, but you know, I, I have a, our old partner Bill. I, I think you might remember Bill. He, yeah. uh, uh, he had an idea to build a robot uh, okay. that, that you could control, like a, like a remote control robot, so you could have it drive through and not just homes, but you can also like have one in Venice, Italy or something. You really just want to see what Venice looks like. This dro- this robot you can control would walk around Venice. And, you know. Oh,
5: that that opens up a whole nother thing. I think that's gonna be huge for stuff like that. And education. Can yeah. you imagine a kid being able to put on a VR set and have that kind of access? It's yeah. so cool.
6: Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's coming. It's coming, <laughs> yeah. It's all gonna be here at some point, you know. It's not that far away with
5: internet speeds changing and technology and hardware getting cheaper. Oh, I sure. mean, oh my gosh, drones are nothing.
6: I know. It's pretty crazy. But, and Yeah, but like for a while their drones were unregulated and they're getting up there and flying where regular planes are supposed Super to be. Super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, like, how is that legal? Yeah, so there you know, but it's like that's the thing. Is that Innovation's always coming first and then the, the regulation has to come to sort of dial it back a little bit.
5: So And it's uncomfortable too. It's a, the, I don't want to get political, but the, the gun thing is really interesting to me because you have a lot of 3D printing. It's just a reality. Mm-hmm. So my favorite thing, have you ever been to Vocademy in Riverside? I haven't been there. Oh, my gosh. You have to go. Okay. Vocademy is basically a workshop for adults. You pay a membership, and you have access to a fabrication shop, like sewing, you sew materials. Wow. You have wood shop, metal shop, 3D printing shop, uh, a, a plastic molding shop. So you have access to all these things. You have to take classes so they you're like not going to break a, anything. But my favorite thing is, like, oh, yeah, that's the 3D printed printer. So when you talk about th- things about, like, Guns and drones, people are going to be able to print them on their own. So sure. even with regulation, you're just like, oh, it gets uncomfortable. We're getting yeah. to the point where regulation might not even be enough. Like, oh.
6: I've seen videos on YouTube of uh, there's a guy who, who makes like complicated devices using cardboard and like common household items, you know? Like he made a, a uh, like, yeah, you know, like, like an automatic knife, you know, that you can cut. He made this out of like cardboard. He had a, like one knife blade <laughs> and he attached it with like an RC <laughs> motor and he like made his own automatic knife to cut their stuff, you know?
5: Not a surprise.
6: I know, but it's, like innovations out there and it's something we have to like definitely encourage
5: you know and it's becoming really accessible i mean being able to buy a 3d printer at a really low cost i mean for my niece for her for her birthday i bought her a 3d pen it's literally a, it reminds me of a hot glue gun and you can basically draw yeah. in 3d it was it's the craziest thing it's weird
6: yeah so in real estate like this this industry is just so Antiquated. Like, I I literally had somebody ask me the other day what my fax number was. I'm surprised (laughs) we're still being asked these questions. Exactly. You know, I'm like, I don't have, I gave my fax machine. To the garbage can like eight years ago, yeah. Because all I was getting on it were advertisements for cruise packages. <laughs> you know,
5: yep. The same thing here. You know, it, it's all digital now, so you can send it to the fax, but it's still going to get forwarded to my email. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
6: You have e now, like, but even so, like, just email uh, it to me,
5: please. And I know you'll appreciate this. Like back in the day, when our parents, you know, I remember rehabbing for pennies on the dollar with dad growing up and like the Thomas Guide in the back backseat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, I like there, there's been a Thomas Guide like in my mom's car like since I was born like because she's been <laughs> an appraiser for longer than I was born. So
5: On our, oh my gosh, I think up until two years ago we had the TG number and they're like, what is that? I'm like, why do we still have that on our loan yeah. application? <laughs> Thomas Guide number.
6: Yeah, the TG number. I know, we, we, we were talking about yesterday because the MLS has changed a lot too. So yeah. we used to, we do all of our comping through the MLS. And so uh, the Thomas Guide number was actually fairly helpful because oh, if was you knew it, it oh. if you knew it, you could dial in a neighborhood pretty oh, well. Okay. You know, and like usually we knew what the subject property was, so we would just type in the TG number, mm-hmm. so the, the grid number, and then you know we would have it was easy to like draw your 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 neighborhood in there. Okay. And so it, 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 we were just talking about like how we kind of miss it in a way, you know, but at the same time, there's Google Maps. It's such a better platform yeah. for finding, you know.
5: Pop down on the street and just look around and see, do I want to be here? Yeah, I'm waiting for them to have like, be able to walk through the neighborhoods at night and see what it's like, the sound level. Like, wouldn't oh, that yeah. be cool? Just be like, oh, average decibel level. Sure.
6: <laughs> yeah, average decibel level. You know, like, is my neighbor like, uh, you know, are they constantly fighting there or, you know, are they right? playing loud music or... Dogs in the
5: background. I sure. Mean, there's just so much opportunity for technology to improve. So,
6: yeah. Anything's so, possible. I guess going forward, the Norris Group, you guys are going to continue to loan and mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. It's a it's a very solid business. You guys are, you know, you guys are the gorillas in the lending space here in Riverside. I
5: love being a gorilla.
6: <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, you, know, you guys are the big you guys are the
5: big time. So, we're You're small, but we've been around for a while, and we're gonna we're expanding into Northern California. We've been doing more loans up in the Greater Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Riverside, and then Florida. There's a huge opportunity in Florida. We've been flipping out there for the last. Well, we've been building and flipping probably for the last four or five years. And we just think it's a really interesting opportunity. We have a lot of investors, 1031 exchanging. Yeah. Um, they want to move to an investment. They bought, you know, 1970s, 1980s mm-hmm. at the bottom of the market. It's sometimes tripled in price. Yeah. They don't want to get slaughtered. So they're like, all right, what can we move to? The rents are strong in Florida. So it's been fun.
6: The insurance cost is insane in Florida.
5: Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, a so bit different.
6: It's, but it's, that's kind of what keeps the prices low. You know, in a way because, you know, you have to be able to justify paying like $20,000 a year in insurance.
5: Mine's not that much. It's not that much? No. I've heard
6: some places it can get that
5: high. Probably. You have to be careful and condos are an opportunity but also a cost. You have to be careful yeah. with, I won't even pretend to know all the stuff around bankruptcy <laughs> and HOAs. I know some of them are having problems. Yep. I, so, I, I don't. Ugh, HOAs.
6: Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. HOAs are a lot of fun. Um, so going forward, yeah, you guys are doing some some lending. Yep. You guys are continue doing the flipping, and uh, things are going great. Yeah, like.
5: we're gonna focus more on the education. We launched the portal a few years ago, and so we're uh, upgrading as we after we migrated digitally. We're upgrading everything, uh, bringing in experts on the different topics to you know round things out and make yeah. them more robust. There's just so many different ways to do the business. We can't be the expert in everything, but our goal is just to be a really good. Source for people to get educated at a reasonable price and hopefully to the point where they do lots of loans with us.
6: Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming out, Aaron. Thanks, Thanks man. for coming on fun. the show. And uh, yeah, we'll have.
0: To- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
4: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.